Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friend Jake gives you sports betting tips. I am your host, Professor Sides, and you can find us on Twitter, TikTok, Facebook. We are everywhere now. TikTok. Um, <laughs> TikTok. We did a TikTok. I uh, the basketball one's like in the air right now, but I won the football one. So I mean, that yeah. started off undefeated, one and zero on on TikTok plays. So I mean, it, you know, retire now. <laughs> yeah, retire now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, we're we're everywhere. You can find links in the show description. But we're talking college basketball here today. Select games that are scheduled to be played on Wednesday, November twenty third, twenty twenty. To. I guess you're new here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickstheprofessor.com slash new for a primer and explanation. Otherwise, the goals for this episode are to share key information about these games, give you a few things to think on, and explain how certain plays to be made. We never recommend blindly tailing or fitting any paper, other to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you are fully on board with us or against us before investing your hard-earned money. Remember that Sideline has graded plays on every single game. But as always, take what you like and leave the rest. If you have questions about these games or others, the best place to get those answers is on our Discord chat, which can be accessed through Patreon. Link is in the show description. As always, remember there are no likes in gambling, so what Sideline provides are loves, likes, and leans, that is A, B, and C grades, to indicate its confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. However, please understand that good and bad variance will occur, so as much as we'd like to say we'll be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Jake, we were, we were talking before the show about uh, the parlay and how we both liked tech in the under, but we had no line when we recorded this yesterday because it's one of the tournament games, so we couldn't play that one and and i i tweeted it out specifically um that that i like the under in tech and i and i highlighted it for our, our discord you just said hey y'all i like this under in this tech game i had tech as a b-grade pick and so it's on record that i like both of those as well and of course that hits and then we have sam houston who wins easily and decides they're gonna score 90 88 points i mean yeah they just would not didn't stop like we thought they would they just kept going and going they just and kept going, going. like yeah, they just kept going, you know, and then you had UT Martin plus three and a half. They were ahead with one minute to go, and they don't just lose. They don't even cover, and they don't even really come close to cover. I think they lost by like six, <laughs> being ahead with about a, with like a minute eight to go. Uh, I, I feel like this week specifically, I feel like your luck, it's got to turn at some point. Some It'll be point. fun when it does. Yeah, I'll be so happy when it does, but man, I feel like I'm reading these games right, and it's just not breaking my way. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's not not all of them, obviously. Like, it's not one of those where it's like every single loss is that way, but it's enough that it would make things go just a whole lot smoother if if the the bad luck would go away. Then it's like, hey, you can miss a couple here and there, no big deal. But you get the ones that you should, and you miss the ones that you should, and that's and and yeah. I've talked about this before. You have these stretches and uh, where it's frustrating because you don't get the flip of that, which is the good luck. I should have never won. But I did. We're not getting any of those, right? And that's where it's frustrating because, like, when you when you do a large sample, enough games, and the sideline has picks on every game, and it has those. As when you're picking forty games in a day, fifty games in a day, it's got a couple that it was bad losses and a couple that it was good luck wins, right? But yeah. when you're just picking a couple, it, it, sometimes that that variance skyrockets, and that's kind of what we're yeah. seeing here. Uh, I, I talked about it in baseball season as well. Uh, there were stretches where we just were on the model was on fire. And I would tell people, I was like, I don't know if it's going to do the same thing today. Like it, yesterday's performance is not indicative. Look at the large sample results. Right. And that's where the model's doing really well. You're making pits based off the model. So it'll, I think it'll come around. It's just some small sample variability. Um, and, and when we get the good luck ones, it'll be a whole lot more fun than having the bad luck ones like we've seen lately. <laughs> yeah. It'll make me feel a lot better. 
Yeah, yeah. And, and we talked about the parlay too. It, it, it's coming. I, I, I was joking before. I was like, you're going to hit like four in a row and you're going to lose like eight more in a row because that's how these things just yeah. <laughs> kind of go. So uh, maybe maybe today's the one that, that we'll get. But before we get to these games, some reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications and you won't miss any of the college basketball and there'll be our college football content, that this channel provides. I've already mentioned that Patreon as well, but check it out if you haven't. Lots of great benefits to be found there. Above and beyond what we do here, membership starts at just $3 per month. www.patreon.com slash picks with the professor. But even if you're not there, we're still thrilled to have you here. Let's get to it. All in courtesy of Bet Online. Sign up link in the show description. And current as the time of this recording on Tuesday night, there are 10 a grade plays that I have locked in to bet stamp and posted on Patreon. Post those about 8 p.m. Central Time for our Patreon subscribers. Or 10 A grade plays. Jake, of all those 10, your favorite was in the Coastal Carolina at Missouri game. 6 p.m. Central tip off. Uh, Something says this should be Missouri minus 11 and a half. Something locked in an A grade play at 14 and a half. Jake, why is this the best of the A grade plays on Wednesday? Look, uh, getting 14 and a half with Coastal is incredible, and that's what we're going to do here. Don't let M- Missouri's record fool you. They're 5-0, and oh, and that not trying to take any away from them, but they have not played a single team of yeah. value. Um, they've really beat up the bottom, bottom-tier teams, but like Mississippi Valley State, but mm. I mean – it's just they're not they are not playing anybody. I'm not sure why they're laying such a big number. Coastal Carolina's only played three games. Um, two of those against D two teams where they handled their business and then lost to Ar- I think it was Arkansas Pine Bluff about one or two. Like it was a very close game. Um, they've got I'm I'm assuming they're brothers, they're both named Brown on the same team, both really good at basketball. They could not be Brown's a common last name, but it seems likely. Uh, <laughs> Jamaro is averaging twenty one point seven. Um, the other two, uh, the other Browns averaging sixteen. But the real unsung hero of this team is Henry Abraham. He is an extremely good point guard. Doesn't score much. Doesn't need to. But plays thirty two minutes a game, averaging around eight assists and a couple steals. Doesn't turn the ball over a lot. He really controls the game. And Coastal really wants to slow the game down. And what you need for that is a really good point guard, a guy you trust with the ball uh, on the floor as much as possible, and that they have that. Missouri wants to run. I, I don't think they've got the team to force Coastal to run. I think Coastal slows us down, keeps it keeps it like around 10 or 11 the whole game. And I don't think they stand a good chance to win it. I don't think they have that much talent. But they've got the guards here to really control the pace and not play Missouri's game. And I think that – We'll keep them in the game. Uh, USC Upstate was the loss that they had by one point on the road. Uh, uh, better than Pine Bluff. Pine Bluff's been kind of frisky this year, but uh, it, it's a more respectable loss at least. So getting a ton of points here in this game. Uh, it, we always talk about, right, we kind of assume that coaches are going to do the smart thing, and sometimes they don't, right? But Coastal <laughs> Carolina definitely wanting to – not necessarily a team – like we talked about UMBC yesterday, they're not necessarily a team that always does that, but they aren't really a fast-paced team either. And we kind of, again, we kind of assume that they're going to say, this is the style of game we want to play. If that happens, then getting all these points is going to make a lot of sense. Because we talk about if there's fewer possessions a game, it's harder to win by a big number. Um, so again, we're hoping that they're, they're reading the situation, the same thing um, that we are and are not wanting to get, you know, Two up and down, that's obviously what Missouri wants to do. And so if they slow it down, get them out of their game, they probably still lose. But again, <laughs> they can lose by by eight or something, and and we're perfectly happy getting 14 and a half points with that sort of loss. Yeah, yeah, easy. 
All right. To the best B side. We locked in 10 B grade picks already as well. A little bit earlier in the day here for you. Noon Central, Chicago State and Cleveland State. Chicago State's actually been like not terrible at basketball, which is surprising because I feel like last year, the year before, I feel like they've been just dreadful. Yeah. This year, they're not terrible. I mean, they're very bad, obviously, but they're not like as like you are definitely one of the worst two teams in the country bad like they were, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe getting out of the conference made them relax. I don't know. I, I'm not sure. They've, they've they've at least crawled out of the, the bottom couple spots, playing well, covering a couple games, not losing by 40 every game, which is kind of what they had been doing before. Uh, they're going to play Cleveland State. So they're going to travel to Cleveland State. Sideline says this should be Cleveland State minus 10. Uh, Southern locked in a B-grade pick on Chicago State plus 12. Just think that's too many points. Chicago State's done a respectable job of hanging around, thinks they can hang around, maybe probably not win, but at least not get embarrassed. Uh, Jake, what number did you lock in with Chicago State? Look, this is where being in Patreon would have been nice because you would have got an extra point and a half. I'm still taking Chicago State plus 10 and a half, but that 12 really looks good. Uh, an extra bucket is nice. But, yeah. I mean, Cleveland State's playing better at this point in the year than they started off after losing to a D2 school and then their next two games. But they're very thin. Um, everything's run through. Tristan and then Nora, I think that's how you say his name, uh, very good big guy. Um doesn't have a lot of guards to help him get the ball. He's just not a ball handler. So it, that kind of brings him down, and that's where I see this game being able to stay close is where uh, Wesley Cadet Jr. is the best player on Chicago State, and I think and he's a guard. So it's much easier to get the ball in his Chicago State's best player's hands than it is uh, Cleveland State. But neither of his teams are very good, so I don't recommend watching this unless you're just bored. Uh, maybe, maybe help whoever's in the kitchen cooking for Thanksgiving and all that shit. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> either way, the, you can you don't have to watch it to make this money. I, it it is on ESPN Plus if you're just if you're just itching for it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, Wesley Cadet Jr., very good player. He's I don't know if he's on Chicago State next year, uh, but mm. they've got two other guys averaging double digits. They this game really in my mind should be a toss up. I think these teams are very very even. So getting ten points in a game that's a toss up is a no brainer. Yeah, Chicago State, like I said, uh, they've, they've had some big losses to Northwestern and Kent State, but, I mean, those two teams, uh, you know, nowhere near Cleveland State. Uh, they beat IUPUI uh, convincingly. They beat Valparaiso convincingly. Uh, they only cool. lost by 12 at Marshall. So, I mean, uh, again, having a couple respectable games, and I feel like – those three respectable games, just like their whole season, like they only have like three all across. It seems like, I and mean, then maybe they had a couple more, but it didn't seem like much. So we're gonna grab all those points with Chicago State, and think they got a chance to hang in there against Cleveland State tomorrow afternoon. So make sure you get on that one early. To the Jake on a limb segment situation, where at least as of now, the model doesn't really have a good feel for the game. Thinks it's priced pretty well, but Jake, you think you've got an angle on it and want to exploit something the model isn't seeing. Uh, 11 p.m. Central Time out in Anaheim, California. St. Mary's and Vanderbilt will play St. Mary's. Um, according to the model, should be a seven and a half point favor. I know we faded Vanderbilt a couple times this year, a couple times successfully, a couple times maybe not. Uh, what is your pick for this one? 
look, we're going to fade them again. I don't think St. Mary's is getting enough respect here. They are a very, very good team. They're a well-balanced team, a well-coached team. They don't they don't turn the ball over. I think they're they're averaging under ten a game. Uh, they play a slower pace, so that really helps out. Um, but not giving the ball away, it's really valuing every possession. Their defense is really, really good. Um, after Oral Roberts, the very first game of the year, when everybody's trying to figure things out, they've blown out everybody. Uh, they are just a very, very solid team, and I don't think Vanderbilt is. I've we faded them several times here, and that's the way it's going to continue to go. I think I don't think they've got enough to get past the defense that St. Mary's will put on them. I just I think St. Mary's wins this by ten to fifteen. All right, nice and easy there. All right, to the shake and bake with Jake. A game we're going to try a parlay. Still looking for a winner here. Get us, get us, uh, <laughs> yeah, off off the schneid here, and then I think we can get it rolling. We're going to go to six thirty p.m. Central Tennessee at Butler. Uh, Jake, you know you're a Tennessee fan, but they obviously have been a little bit disappointing uh, after last year. Uh, the model locked in an A grade pick on Butler plus eight. Sideline says it should be only Tennessee by about six and a half. Um, uh, neutral site game out of the Bahamas, one where uh, Tennessee might uh, the model thinks Tennessee should win on average, but not by as much as the books do. Jake, what is your parlay for us in this one? Look, we're going to take the points with Butler at seven and a half, and we're going to go over 136. Uh, this should be a very tight game back and forth. Both teams play at a fun pace, not like ultra fast, but at a fun, a fun one. Uh, but they are very, they're very kind of different how they go about it. Uh, Butler likes to run score and I play a decent defense where Tennessee likes to play really good defense and try their best to score. Uh, but I mean, besides the Penn state game, uh, Butler has been in the eight, uh, nine, 89 twice and 95 once in the, in the three other games. I know it's not against wow. the greatest competition, but I mean, they're never taking care of the business. They're putting up points. They don't, I don't think they'll get up in the eighties or nineties. This one, but closer to the seventies is where I see this one going. Uh, I mean, the rest of the team really seems to be stepping up because Bates was the leading scorer for the first, like, two and a half, three games, and now he's fourth on their average scoring. Like, so he's taking a little bit more step back. They're shooting, they're shooting a little bit more from the outside, putting up some more points rather than playing through the middle. Um, I really, really like this Tennessee's defense. I like Rick Barnes is a great defensive coach. Uh, you can ask my dad. We talk about this all the time. Really needs to hire an offensive coordinator. Not the best <laughs> offense. Uh, but – I mean, he, and look, and look. If you watch college football shows, you know this about me. I've, I've, my father was a Texas alum, which is where Rick Barnes coached basketball, and he would say the same thing that those often. And I, I growing up, I, I saw those offenses. Yeah, those offenses. I was in high school, college, middle school. I don't know. He was there for a long time, and yeah. uh, a, a lot of those offenses were when they were good. Was basically just like give the ball to Kevin Durant or give they had a couple really good guards yeah. and it was just give the ball to the guard let the guard like make something happen. I mean, if they had to run a set play and try to like needed offense, there was no play. It was just give the ball to the best guy and see what happens. And uh, it, it, it it can be a frustrating thing sometimes to watch a, a it, it, like you say, good defense, but it can be a frustrating thing to watch his offenses. Yeah, yeah, it, it's fresh. It is frustrating. And um, Tennessee also falls in love with the three ball a little too much. So that kind of hurts them. That's why I think this game stays close um, from a scoring perspective. These teams like to shoot threes. 
they they will they will hit some. They're not going to go over the world. Uh, I, I see this game playing out with a little bit of pace, some turnovers here and there. But both teams going on runs, but it's staying fairly close. I see the score being like seventy five seventy somewhere in there, putting us in the one forties range. That's that's where I think this one ends. It might be like sixty eight seventy three something around there, but I think we're going to get over the one thirty six. All right, so we're going Butler plus seven and a half and over 139, you said? 36. 136, 136, okay. Um, And, you know, it's interesting you talk about, uh, you know, Tennessee's defense or whatever, but we're still taking the over. And we talk about the same thing with college football, right? It's it's partially about how good your defense is, and it's partially about how many possessions you have. You know, more possessions just means more points, right? It's And it's similar to baseball. We talk about strikeout props, same sort of thing. Like, when people ask me about modeling – uh, player props for strikeouts it's like half the battles for how many outs you think the guy's gonna get how many innings he's gonna go <laughs> then figuring out strikeouts because you got a high strikeout pitcher but if in a situation because of the opposing team drawing you know higher pitch count maybe hit knocking him out of the game earlier if he doesn't go as deep he's not going to go over if he's a low strikeout guy but he goes deep he's gonna have lots of opportunities for strikeouts the same thing we're talking about here Tissy is good defense but for playing at a little bit more of a tempo shooting a lot of threes that's going to kind of offset that we can still believe they have a good defense and still think they go over. Those are contradictory thoughts. Yeah. And, and it's not like 136 is a crazy high number or anything either. Right. And like right. When, when I say we've talked about this before, when you shoot threes, that leads to a lot of long rebounds, which means uh, fast, break models, yeah, fast break points that don't, that you're not ready for, don't have the defense set up on. So I think a little bit of that happens. It wouldn't surprise me to see a little pressure, full court pressure out of Tennessee since they're a deeper, deeper team, which also would speed the game up. Yeah. All right. So the must see TV segment again, as yesterday, there's some tournament games that don't have lines yet. Uh, who's in the championship game of Maui? I guess that would be uh, Creighton. Maybe Arizona, maybe? Arizona. Uh, Arizona, probably. I, guess. I don't think Arizona's they're up, looked. they're up early. Yeah. So I guess that would be, I mean, that would obviously <laughs> want to see that one. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's, if that's even tomorrow. Maybe that's later on. Uh, but whatever. There's only the total high enough in that game. Oh, there you go. There you go. There's all sorts of whatever. The point is there's all sorts of tournament games that we don't have lines for yet, but there are a couple of really good games kicking off tomorrow that we do have lines for. Uh, one of them I just have to talk about, uh, uh, Baylor, you know, yeah. a really good game. They're only favored by 32. Only? So, I mean, that's like, a, that's a must only. <laughs> yeah. Uh, model, model laying points again there. So just a yeah. little nice little Easter egg for you there. Model laying this points. Is this the fourth time they've been favored by 30 this year? It's something, it's something like that. But I don't think the model's taken them with these big numbers before. A lot of times it's like just too many, like we talked about before, it's too many points. And uh, it's just, it, it might be the fourth time Baylor's doing this much, but it might also be the fourth time that the model's laying a number this big because it does not like doing it. Um, but anyway, uh, a lot of good games. But Jake, the one that you highlighted uh, jumped out to me as well. It's early. So hopefully you can, uh, hopefully if you're working, you can keep this on. Maybe you're off work, whatever. Maybe hopefully you can keep it on this one, 11 a.m. Central. Kansas at NC State. Um I, maybe you could talk about this a little bit and educate the the viewer. Uh, someone, I'm still kind of in college football mode. I'm kind of watching some basketball, but I'm not into it as much as you are. It's part of why I built a model because the model can sort through all this data a little bit better than I can. Uh, Kansas, to me, seeming like a team that's got to figure out the injuries, the health of guys, get guys in, work through all that stuff. Um, definitely, the, the the sky is the limit with regards to the potential, but. Where are they right now is kind of, I think, the big question with regards to getting everybody healthy together on the same page. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Uh, Sideline says this should be Kansas minus seven and a half. This game also out in the Bahamas. Um, Southern locked in a B-grade play on NC State plus eight and a half. Jake, what is your pick on this one? 
Yeah, we're, we're grabbing the points with NC State going eight and a half. Uh, like you said, Kansas is just – they've got two guys right now that are playing out of their mind. And Grady Dick is everything that every recruiting person said he is. Uh, can shoot absolute lights out. Just a very good player. Plays hard. And Jalen Wilson is finally playing up to where everybody thought he would his whole career. I think he's averaging 20 – above 20. He had a 30-point game the other night. He's just very – they're playing at top-tier level. It's the rest of the team. They're just not getting mm-hmm. points from people. Like you've got Harris, who's the point guard, who's not really supposed to score a bunch, but he's the third leading scorer, and he's at nine points, and he's shooting the ball. I think he's at 25% from three. That's not going to help. Uh, and then McCullers, the Texas Tech transfer, who was supposed to be a very good defensive mm-hmm. player, which he's mm-hmm. doing that well, but he's not scoring like he did at Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. He's shooting like 14% from three. And those were, those were who you kind of – we're looking for your third and fourth scores. Both those guys are really struggling. The rest of the team, they're they're trying things and like plugging guys in. I mean, MJ Rice really hasn't got going. He's only played in the two games this year. Um, I don't know if he's supposed to play this one or like if even if he is, I don't think he's at quite a hundred percent. So it's right. going to take a little bit to get him going, which he could be. He could easily step in and be the third scorer right now. It's not going to be tough. To, um, but they the, the are, bar's low. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're getting self back, so maybe that helps. Maybe that changes things around. But NC State has been very surprising to me. I didn't expect them to be where they are right now. They are – I mean, they haven't played anybody of real value yet, but they're taking care of business. You can only beat who's on your schedule. And when you're beating them the way they are, it's been surprising there. You've got four guys in double digits. They're shooting the ball very well from the floor, hitting 51% from the floor. Three, not so much. They're more of that kind of that St. John's kind of vein of things where – it's more about pace and space and getting going and getting the bucket before the defense gets set. And they'll do that. I think Kansas will struggle a little bit with that pace. I mean, they've got the guards to do it, but I, I've seen them like they went through parts of that uh, Duke game and, and even the team, uh, I forget who they played after, where they kind of struggled with them, almost lost that game, came back and won. But they just go through offensive periods where, I mean, if Wilson misses a couple of shots or if Grady Dick's not on the floor or something like that where they're struggling to score and NC State is not going to be in that same scenario, they they should be able to score when, when they want. And there's not really that big guy that Kansas normally has, like the uh, – who I can't say his name for the championship team a couple of years ago. And then last year they had guys that could really defend the rim. They don't have that anymore. They kind of was hoping McCullers would be your defensive stopper and he's not been playing that well. Uh, so it's. I just don't think they've got the defense to win this by ten. I think Kansas wins. It's just I don't think they're getting the double digits, twelve to fifteen point lead that they need to keep this above the eight and a half. Yeah, it was Southern Utah that Kansas struggled with, only won by uh, six points. Uh, and you make a good point about NC State, right? I haven't played anybody. Average margin of victory though, around twenty five points a game. And you know how you beat the teams matters and it's not just about margin of victory I mean, that's a good thing to look at uh if you're more of a defensive minded team maybe you look at average points allowed that sort of thing but it, whatever metric you're kind of looking at how you perform against those teams is a still an indicator of how you're going to perform against better teams just drop it down a little bit right they sure aren't going to be kansas by 25 but the idea is if they've been 25 points better on average a bunch of those games are at home so we'll say 20 whatever yeah. but 20 points better than those teams you say well then kansas is maybe 25 points better than those teams they lose by five right that's it's some rough math, that sort of thing. But yeah, it's the, idea that the fact that you've been playing well against those teams does matter. You shouldn't just say, I want to ignore it because if they're playing bad against those teams, that matters. If they're playing good, that also matters. And uh, like you said, the Cincy State team uh, 
playing played fairly well so far. Uh, looking to be respectable, at yeah. least. Uh, I feel like there's a college football joke in here. If Cousin Jared was here, he'd talk about uh, Mr. MJ Morris uh, and, and his disappointing um, oh my as of like how the offense is struggling, right? But I guess that's uh, that's, that's completely misplaced, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least this seems to be the opposite end where the defense is a little bit misplaced for NC State, but the offense is there. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah flip of the football team. All right, last one here to the overtime segment, 7.30 p.m. Jackson State at Michigan. Model says this should be Michigan minus 18 and a half. Model locked in an A grade play on Jackson State plus 22. Just thinking it's way too many points. Uh, it feels wrong to take Jackson State at <laughs> Michigan. It does, it does. It feels wrong. But I mean, the spread's the great equalizer, right? And it's not that we're taking them to win. It's that we're getting a boatload of points. Jake, why should we take a boatload of points with Jackson State? And what was the official number that you just locked in? Uh, I got the same number. I got 22, uh, which right. was which was nice because Michigan. This is more of a play against Michigan, right? They're not. They're getting way too much respect. They're not playing that well. They got blown out by Arizona State. Played a close game to Eastern Michigan. I mean, and Ohio. I know. I know they blew out. Yeah, that, I know that Ohio game went to overtime. Yeah, yeah, and I think Ohio really should have won that the way that game was going. Mm-hmm. Um, but they blew out Pittsburgh. That doesn't say much. Uh, so. I don't know. Their their guards are struggling. Like we, they just the scoring from their guards has just disappeared. Howard has been good. I mean, Dickinson. We everybody knows what Dickinson is. There's no reason to dive into how great of a player he is because it's just obvious. Um, but the, like besides Jet Howard, there's Street not really much. <laughs> <laughs> like it's they're shooting uh, below thirty percent from three, um, and then they're really just besides even scoring from the floor. Besides Dickinson, who's up around like 62 percent from the floor. Uh, there's not much there. They're just not shooting the ball well. They're not scoring well. Um, struggling for the free throw line, which can be kind of a factor of not being able to score well. Like if you're not shooting the ball well, I mean, a lot of times that means your form is off. And if your form is off, your free throw is off because that, that is basically just a form shot. Um, right. And so it's it's not looking good. And they're shooting 64% from there. They really got to go get the guards to step up if, if they will have any idea of being a factor in the big 10 or anything, cause it's so easy to shut them down. Like big guys, it sucks for them because you really have to have guards to get you the ball unless you're uber talented and athletic guy. If you're a back to the bucket kind of guy like Hunter Dickinson is it's you've got to depend on somebody to get you to get you the ball to, so that you can score. And that's easy to stop or easy, not necessarily stop, but like make that as hard as possible. Then there's not as much time on the shot clock and it's a rush shot instead of you being able to work the moves that you need to. Um, the state team, they're not very good. Uh, they, hey, I, I take a little offense to that. I, I feel like in the competition would be great, but I feel like, I mean, they've lost by nine, six, and three. I mean, I feel like it's pretty solid. And they've played and they've played three teams that I know that they're actually D1 teams. They're not some of the – because I feel like there's a handful of teams at the bottom that I'm like, is that a Division One school? Like, I, I go through these teams all the time, but I feel like I get confused on a few of them. Like, I know these are all real teams, and they've lost by single digits to all of them. Like, I feel like Jackson State's pretty, pretty respectable, you know? <laughs> They don't shoot well, and they make up for it by turning it over 17 times a game. Uh, it's not a good combo. No, and that's probably why they're losing because they like to pay play at a high speed, which is good and which will help them and will create more possessions, maybe inflate the turnover number, but at least let them score a bit. Um, I think they'll take advantage of like uh, the guard 
play here and be able to score and keep this one mm-hmm. around 20, uh, 15, 20, somewhere in there. Uh, maybe even a good, decent backdoor to get, get back there because uh, they're going to play there. These guys are playing in Michigan and they're going to want to play the whole time. Uh, where Michigan might, may get way ahead and take the air out of the ball. Just but, doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. There's, they don't have an incentive to really run the score up. Uh, I just think the speed of the play of Jackson State will help them take advantage of some of the weaker guard play of Michigan and let them score enough to stay in, not in the game, but in, in the game from a cover standpoint. Hey, I, I know you're not high on Jackson State, but I'm just going to tell you, look, they, they lost by nine at ACU. They lost by six at Tulsa, and they lost by three at Little Rock. And obviously Michigan's better than all those teams, but I think if they go out and play like they did against those three teams, they're covering this number because Michigan just isn't there yet to destroy no. – a, a team that's playing moderately competent. And I wouldn't say, again, Jack says like good, but I feel like they're playing moderately competent basketball. I feel like if they keep playing like this, they're going to have a good season. And so I think they are, uh, I don't I don't know how much confidence matters. I really don't. I think sometimes it helps, sometimes it doesn't. So it's kind of hard to say that, but I, that, that it will have an effect. I don't really know. But I mean, they've got to be pretty confident, right? As confident as you can be for an OM3 team. Like they've played respectable. They're going in there. They know they probably aren't going to win this game, but they've, they, they got to at least feel like, hey, we've hung in there. We can hang in there and make this an interesting game. And, and I'm not even sure they could do that necessarily. But I think, like you said, it's a play against Michigan. Like I said, I, I love this play as well, From uh, aside from the model, just because Michigan just – I mean, if, if, if Michigan was as good as we thought they were going to be, they would not have lost the way they did at Arizona State. They would not have had that Ohio game when they were – we took – we took that was one of the plays of the day I had. We took like 15 with Ohio, and it was literally never even close to being in doubt. I mean, that's – it's the same – and it feels like the same thing's going to happen here, that I feel like it's more likely Michigan's up 10 for most of this game. Um, it, it, like I said, Jackson State – does anything like what they've done before. Like, it, like, like I said, it's ACU was a decent team. Michigan's a little bit better than that. They lose by 15, something like that. Yeah. Like I said, like, I, I think we went through it when I, we were on Michigan uh, a couple, uh, maybe last week or the week before where they were favored under 10 and they ended up winning by 20. And I was like, if these guards play, continue to play like this, they will be very hard to stop. And the guards have not. So I think that I think that was Pittsburgh, and I think that was more of a play against Pittsburgh, who yeah. at least now getting their getting their main scorer back, playing more, might start to show a little more competency. But Pittsburgh looked lost for the first whatever that was four games of the season. So yeah, that was, uh, that was just uh, again taking taking the opportunity to fade Pittsburgh in those spots. Yes, yeah, and that and was Michigan's only good game. Yeah, sometimes that's uh, what you got to do. You got to fade. You got to figure out who you need to fade, not who you need to back. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of what we're doing here, too, by, by taking Jackson State is more fading Michigan. So we're grabbing 22 in Jackson State. That's our overtime segment. And that's all we've got. Jake, any parting words for People's Wednesday? Yeah, for some of these big tournament games, uh, be sure to follow us on TikTok. We're going to put a couple plays up there from, from the games that we weren't able to cover here because they didn't have the lines out. So be sure to find us on there, and we'll be giving you a couple extra plays. I'll see if I can keep my undefeated streak rolling. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for tuning into this episode of Fix with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can enjoy all the sports betting content. We've run on this channel. It's dropped right into your feed. We'll be back again tomorrow with more sports betting content. And until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money. <laughs>